Uh, it, two weeks ago, last time I preached, um, we, we went through, we kind of finished this section that we've been going through in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians. And I, I just love this section so much, and I, I feel like it has some just incredible keys for us on how to live this life. Uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, how to, how to tie up this time, and I, I just want to go over it again, if I can just do that. If I can just slow down once again this week, break it down, review or recap, whatever you want to uh, call it. But, but I really believe this last section, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26, I, I believe that all of us, before coming to know Christ, before being saved uh, by Jesus, we had a list of things to do. We had a list of things to do. And, and a lot of times we got that from a previous church. They handed it to us. They, you know, they, th- there was somebody with a finger and they were shaking at it at us. And they were saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, and whether it was written down or not, it was probably written down. It was probably spoken to you. But you received a list of this is what it is to be good in the eyes of God. And if you do these things on the list, God loves you. And if you don't, bad stuff's going to happen to you. Rejected forever. There's a list, there's a finger, there's a person. Some of you didn't have that, and so you made up your own list. It had nothing to do with God, it had nothing to do, it was just your own ideas uh, that you kind of picked and chose, and you, you kind of put it in your mind, and those were, it was your rules that you live by, your list of things that made you a good person. And it was something you kind of comforted yourself with. You said, I'm a good person because, I always love this when people say things, well, I haven't killed anybody. Boy, it's a high bar, huh? You know, as long as, you know, if they don't make it a longer sentence and they say lately, you know, I haven't killed anybody lately, you know. Uh, you think about that. There's a list. There's a list. And, and what I really believe as I look at this passage here, that as Paul was trying to encourage the Galatian church, as he was trying to describe to them what it is to now, how, how do you live now? He's, he's saying, I, I want to replace your list. I want to replace your list with a totally different way of living. And here it is. This is replacing the list for you and for me. Um, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. God's word says this, but I say, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Uh, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. 
I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. God, we ask your blessing on your word. Uh, Help us to understand the Holy Spirit now. Help us to understand how to live in step being led by, uh, walking with your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for the gift of your Son and the gift of your Spirit that we might walk with you, that we might be saved, that we might have life, that we might continue on, that we might gain uh, access and an inheritance in heaven and be safe forever. God, thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, as we begin, I want to remind you of some things of the Holy Spirit. I think I mentioned some of this uh, two weeks ago. But the Holy Spirit, we have uh, the, the Father, Father God, We have Jesus, who is God, the second person, and then we have the Holy Spirit. Uh, As you think about, they are distinct. They are distinct. There's some distinction to them. They are not just one that goes by three different names. It is not totally separate either. They're in perfect unity. But as we have described in the Bible... Uh, you have passages that are describing and showing the work of our Father who is in heaven. We have many passages describing Jesus, God in the flesh, what he did on our behalf. And also we have passages, which we're going to look at now, that describe the Holy Spirit and the ministry that the Holy Spirit has to us. And and I want us to know just a little bit better today what it is that the Holy Spirit does and how we relate to the Holy Spirit as God's people, as God's people. Um, This passage today is one where there's a danger of saying, oh, so this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. That you go from this idea of a list to somehow God's list that you're going to do. And yet, uh, it is the work of the Holy Spirit in us, not our work. And so he receives the glory, that God receives the glory from our lives. The second thing is that maybe we... Uh, it becomes kind of mystical, and the idea that uh, when you see the word spirit, it, it seems kind of mystical, and, and you say, well, it's kind of like your conscience. It's kind of like your conscience, and uh, most of the time, our conscience either sounds like our mother or our grandmother, right? Um, that is not it is either, right? Uh, th- this is God's spirit in us. I, I want to show you something to begin our time 
It's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. We just skip back in the book that we are uh, uh, studying. And, and there are probably five or six other passages that give us a similar sense of what it is the Holy Spirit does and, and kind of our relationship to the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says in verse 2. And it's part of an impassioned plea of the Galatians to get their act together and to see clearly what it is to know Christ. In verse 2 it says this, Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit? Okay, and, and, and they would say, yes, I received the Spirit. Um, yes, I received the Spirit. The question is, how did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? By works of the law, by, by what you did, by following a list, by some act or series of acts that you could do, is that how you receive the Spirit of God? Or there's another way or another option, or by hearing with faith. And just by the context, we know that he's saying, of course it was by faith. Of course it was by faith. And, and what the teaching is in the scripture as, we, as pertains to the Holy Spirit is this. And, and this is very important for you to get, especially if you've been taught something different. If you've been taught something different, it's not from the scriptures, okay? And I'm not saying that I'm an authority here, but I'm, I'm pointing you to the scriptures here. Um, we'll, we'll look at another one momentarily. But... The, the teaching of Scripture in regards to the Holy Spirit is, is the word indwelling. The, 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 the Spirit of God dwells in the life of the believer. And I'd say it this way. All, all believers, all believers at salvation, at the point in time of their salvation, all believers at salvation, all believers at salvation by faith, by faith. Um, one pastor I heard just recently say that you could believe in Jesus and still not go to heaven. And I couldn't, what is he talking about? And what he was talking about is this, that he said, if, if you believe in Jesus, but you don't have faith in Jesus, that's a faith, that's a belief that doesn't save, Right? And the idea of placing your faith and trust in Jesus, that you're no longer trusting in yourself. It's not just that you believe that he exists, but that you put your faith in him. And so, so know this, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, even if you've heard other things, this is true, that the Holy Spirit dwells in the life of the one who's come to know Christ. Every one of them, every one of them. And that's important as we think through our passage uh, th this morning. Also, I, I would say it this way, and it, I, well, I'd, I'd want to read Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It's important to put some of these passages together and get a context for as we talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, and and this, this, is some, this is one of those passages you've got to read slowly, okay? Uh, because it's speaking of the Holy Spirit, it's connecting it with Jesus and the Father and what the Father's work in the Son, but also the Spirit's work. Listen to this. Verse 11, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead 
dwells in you. There it is. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. What? Who dwells in you. That's the double dwelling right there, okay? Uh, he says it twice for the slow ones in the back. I'm not saying about the, you know, you know the Baptists or the Gideons or whoever's in the back there. Anyways, um, they're just getting out to their, you know, want to talk to you in the lobby afterwards. The double dwelling, it's saying it again, it's repeating it, and, and it's the, the idea that the Holy Spirit personally dwells in the life of each believer, of each believer. As you sit here this morning, as you sit here this morning, uh, you may say, well, I, I didn't really understand that. It's true. It's time for you to understand that today, that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you right now, right now. If you, if you study the Holy Spirit uh, throughout the scriptures, it's a little bit different in the Old Testament. Uh, you, you don't have as many passages talking about the Spirit, and it seems as the, the Spirit is in rulers and leaders and not always, and sometimes coming in and coming out of uh, the life of, of the, the leader or person is speaking of. In the New Testament, especially after, uh, there's a... The, the idea that Jesus was here, Jesus left, Pentecost, and the Spirit comes for the church, for the church. And you see a lot about it in the book of Acts, the establishing of the church. And then you see, as we're looking now in Paul's writings, for the church, for us here today, what is this like? And, and as you think about this, this idea of dwelling, as God, you, you could say it this way, as God dwelt in the temple... Now he takes residence, he takes residence in the life of the believer. That, that's where he wants to be, that the Holy Spirit in us, in us. We have the Spirit taking up residence in the life of the believer. And one other piece to this, I, I, I want to I get this because it, it kind of uh, shows us a, maybe a fuller picture, Ephesians 2 uh, these are all Paul's writings, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 22 says this, and, and it, it's speaking of Christ and his building of his church and bringing those together, both Jews and Gentiles, and, and how he's fitting them together, and th this is what he says, verse 22, in him... You also are being built together, built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so you can say it kind of two different ways. That, that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in the life of the believer and collectively in the life of the church. And so uh, that makes us quite amazing, doesn't it? The, the fact that we've gathered here this morning, it, it's, it's quite, you know, exciting that as God would dwell in you individually, he would dwell in us collectively as we meet here this morning. What are we afraid of, right? You know, God in us as we collectively meet, God in us as we uh, are individuals saved by him. Holy Spirit in us. 
One writer said it this week, this way, speaking of us as believers in Christ, he said, he is, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he is in them as he is nowhere else, as he is nowhere else. And you think about that and you go, he could have gone anywhere. He could have done anything. He could have been in the sky and the trees. He could have been in the, the ocean. He could have been in our food or like he could have been in any place at all, but he chose to be in us. What an intimate, beautiful, powerful picture of God in us. As he has saved us, he is with us. And, and I have to believe, in, in, and we could study the Holy Spirit and probably should for quite some time, <clears throat> but I, I want you to know this, that, that there is a sense of control to that, that, that God wants to control us or restrain us through the Holy Spirit. And that's good. You need to be restrained. I need to be restrained for sure. You know, I need to be babysat and various other things, right? Uh, the, the, that's true. But, but also like to think through the empower that, that God wants to give us the strength and the guidance and the steps ahead to do whatever he wants us to do in this life. Um, you can imagine uh, him entrusting us with a monstrous project, and the church is a monstrous project, and saying, good luck. You know how your devices didn't work before? <laughs> good luck. You know, do, do your best. Do your best. I'm not saying anything about a tomahawk made by sawzall blades and various other things. Anyways, uh, I related to that well. I related to that well. Um, which brings us to today, which brings us to today. And uh, just like I said, a recap, summary, reminder, uh, this is the way to live. And I, I want you to turn in your list right now. I want you to turn in your list. Uh, I know some of you have been clinging to it for a very long time. You, you thought you were a good person. And if someone said why, you'd go, because of my list, because <laughs> of what I've done, <laughs> you know, because of I've had this a long time, and this is a family list. This has been passed down from generation to generation, this list. But you're not right with God. But you're not right with God. It's all about what you're doing. It's not about what God is doing in you. And so th this morning, we're, we're going to recap this, this thing. And, and this is the different way of living. We've talked about verse 16 again being a transition I didn't give this to Matthew to show you, but if you, you look in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 1, we're reminded, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free, right? And so this is the new free way of living, right? You can imagine, some of you have imagined, you, you, you're, you're immigrants, right? You come from a different land, and the idea of li living as a free person, we won't have to deal with it very long, um, but just had to throw that in there. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the idea of, of freedom, it, it's hard to get used to. It's hard to get used to. And so much so that, that we're comfortable with lists and rules and regulations. And, and, and he is describing for us, he's first telling us, Christ has made you free. Because of what Christ did on the cross, you are free. Verse 16, I believe, transitions to say, how do you live as a free man? How do you live as a free woman? 
How do you not go back to the list? How do you not make a new list and make that your new way of living? For freedom. Verse 16, we'll just kind of review this and then we will end up speaking of the Spirit uh, living for us. Verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walking is the form of life, right? It is the picture of life. It's taking step after step. It's about going and doing the things that you do. It's the picture of life being vibrant, not stagnant, but, but also it's just simple, common things that you do. And how are you to do simple, common, step-by-step type things of this life? By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. He goes on to talk about that there's also, there's the Spirit of God in every believer, but there's also the flesh. And, and I want, I don't know if I made this clear enough in the weeks prior, but know this. Until you die, until you die, the flesh will be an option in your life. It, it, it doesn't die. It, it, it doesn't go away. I, I know you can uh, hope to uh, dress it up. I, I know you think like it's a, a piece of furniture that is ugly, that if you put a better coat of paint on it, it'll be more presentable. It will not. It will not. It stands Opposed to the Spirit of God in the life of the believer until you die. Until you die. And so there's this vigilance that should happen in you. There there should be this carefulness to your life that says, "I, I need to be careful today to not live by the flesh. I need to be careful about that. Um, I, I think it's interesting in verse 16 as he introduces this idea of the, the, the spirit and the flesh. He says that you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. And the, the, the flesh cries out and it says, gratify me, make me happy. I, 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 want, I, I want to warn you, some of you use this phrase all the time. And this is how you make decisions all the time. You, you, you say, oh, how, how can I do this? What should I do? I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? And you say, God wants me to be happy. And, and that's your justification or your thought process to why you would do one thing over another. And I would just say this. He does want you to be happy. And your greatest happiness and your greatest fruitfulness will be walking not in the flesh, but in the Holy Spirit. If you're saying God wants me to be happy and walking in the flesh, you're wrong. You're not thinking clearly. I just want you to think about that for a moment. Uh, uh, this is the idea that, that if left to ourselves, we will gratify the flesh. This is how we lived before Jesus. This is how we made decisions before Jesus. What do I want? What is my flesh crying out for? What, what do I think will satisfy me? 
And because of the greatness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness that's found in him, he's given us a better way. And it's not, it's not close either. It's like far better. The idea that we can walk now in the spirit, not in the flesh. Um, I, I want to warn you in your mind, some of you would fight against this in the midst of your sin and you would say, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and I, I want to say, I, I can agree with you or disagree with you. I choose to disagree with you. The first way I'm going to say it is this. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. And you say, how do you know? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have all the resources of heaven in you, indwelling in you, God in you. So, of course, you can do it. On the other hand, if you want me to be negative or positive, I don't know, sure. I don't know if it's negative or positive. If you say, oh, I can't do it, I'd say, you're totally right. You're totally right. You can't do anything. In fact, you've shown that you can't do anything. It's, it's been shown over. I, I've, I have a track record of failures, right? Uh, that, that's why I had to move out of Santa Barbara. You know, too many people knew me. Too many people knew me. What's the worst, and some of my family's having to deal with this right now, is I grew up in a church very similar to this, where I, my grandparents were there, my parents, obviously, my aunts and uncles, I had some cousins, and you know, people had changed my diaper in the nursery and stuff like that, and there was this sense of my misspent youth just haunting me all the time, right? And, and there's this idea that, you know, you... You say, I've changed, and they go, yeah, but I knew who you were, and I know what you're capable of, right? And so there's this thing, when we talk about the flesh, we, we might feel stuck there, and I, I, I want to say, in your mind, you say, I can't do it, and I say, oh, yes, you can, but not in the old way, not with the old devices, not with the old you. It has to be walking in the Spirit of God. Um, he talks about the flesh, and I want to I go over that again. The flesh is not gone, is not gone. It's a list of 15 things, of 15 types, and, and I'd say this. The flesh, and this is complicated, the flesh in and of itself isn't, comp, isn't sinful. It's just weak, and it's so hard to get this, that, that the flesh is not in and itself sinful, it's just weak. And because it's weak, guess what happens? Sin. All the time. All the time. And, and I want to say, I want to say, and maybe I've said it and I'm tempted, you know, even now, is what do you have in verse, um, if you look down at verse 22, you have the fruit of the Spirit. So if, if you look at uh, verse 19, what do you have there? And I want to say this. That's the fruit of the flesh. But it doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say that. And, and I think the reason why, and, and I, I do think it's product. I do think it's product in both places. When you, when you follow the flesh, this is the product that it produces. When you, when you walk by the Spirit, 
This is the product it produces. I, I, I believe that. But, but one, the, the fruit of the Spirit produces fruit, beneficial, right? The idea of something beautiful and good and, 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 and helpful and of worth, right? And you look at the list of the flesh and you go, ooh, that, that doesn't produce anything. It just brings about destruction to anything it touches, my life and your life. It, it's not gone. And, and, and he goes through a list of really obvious things. There's some of them that are really obvious, right? And then there's those that are obvious or sort of obvious that when we read them, we go, oh, how did that get in the list? You know, jealousy, jealousy. Sometimes, uh, even in our confessions and, and dismissing our sins, we say, oh, I, I was just feeling jealous. I was just feeling jealous. And, and, and I want you to get that, that that's in the list. Where does that come from? It comes from the flesh. I, I, I see a few words in there. He says, uh, um, at the end of verse 20, it says rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Those aren't words we use that much, right? But how about canceling, canceling people? That's somehow in those three words right there. Where does that come from? Where does canceling people come from? Saying I'm done with you, I'm tired of you. You're, you know, like like five year olds at kindergarten. I'm not your friend anymore. Right? I'm not going to play with you. You can't come to my birthday party. You can't come. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? It comes from the flesh. It comes from that which is, uh, we're dragging around, that, that which we were stuck in before, that which uh, is the reason we needed to be saved. And and he says something here that, that that's um, it corresponds to the, the the next list, the list that is the fruit list. But he says at the end there, he says that that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I do believe that there's kind of a twofold purpose of him saying that. The first one is saying this: if that's characteristic of your life. You're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. You, you don't have saving faith. You don't believe. But, but I do think he's writing to believers, and I, I trust that most of you here this morning are believers as well. And so what is the purpose for us hearing that these things that come out of the flesh, that you can't inherit the kingdom of God with these things? I think it has everything to do with what Brandon shared uh, at the end of his psalm. What did he say about sin? We float from one side to the other, right? What's the one side? It's catastrophic, right? It's, it's awful. Or the other side, this is it. That's not that big of a deal. Jealousy, canceling one another, divisions in the church, separating, not liking, anger. Did you see anger was in there? You, you, sometimes you just say, you flip out, and then 
Somebody says, what happened? He said, I just got angry. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine then. <laughs> it's all good then, right? You know, you, you, you flipped out and said, oh, it's just you got angry. You, I have a temper. I have a temper. I want to tell you, temper, flesh. Flesh comes sin. Sin's just the, 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 the anger is just a picture of what comes out of the flesh, right? The destruction that happens. And so I, I just want to remind you, as and, and I think this is the point of the passage for us today, is for us as we plan our day, as we plan to take steps in our day, what am I going to do today? I got to see this person or that person, or I got to go to this meeting, or this is a priority. This is, you know, this is I got to go to Bear Valley Church. Um, as, as you're thinking through your day, to say this is what I want to do, this is what I feel like doing. To say this, to ask this question: Are the steps that I'm planning on taking, things that I'm planning on doing, and the attitudes behind them, are they from the flesh? Will they produce? These sorts of things, these things that, that the destruction that comes from the flesh. I, I would say as we plan our day, but also to debrief the prior day. What happened? You know, that conversation didn't go very well. Why did it not go very well? It didn't go very well because I was speaking, I was acting. My attitude of my heart was fleshly. It was like the old man. It was not uh, prompted by the Spirit of God that dwells in me. The flesh is not gone. He moves on from there uh, in Galatians chapter 5. Um, he, he goes through the list and he warns them that this is a, a serious list, one that would cause someone to not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I, I, once again, I'm not saying you can lose your salvation. Um, I, don't, I don't want to make a joke out of this, but do you understand that, that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? He takes up residence in you. And then he doesn't like you anymore, so he puts a for sale sign, and he says, I'm moving, I'm moving. Uh, some of you talk like that, and you say, oh, the Holy Spirit's really moving. And he says, you go, oh, no. I didn't know he did that. Is he leaving you? You know, because if you're a believer, he is in you. He is in you. Um, how are we doing? Is everyone doing okay? Uh, good, good. Um, so we're, as we're moving on, uh, verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit uh, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The, the Spirit living for us. First of all, He's in us. We talked about that already. Verse 16, we are to walk with Him in the course of life. In, in verse um, 19, 20, and 21, I'm sorry, not 19, 20, and 21, verse 22 and 23 he says, there is fruit. There is fruit. And, and I love this picture. I think most of us know it. Most of us can see it. We love apple season around here. It's the idea that we see the beautiful fruit that comes from the tree. And, and we're, what we're seeing is there's a life 
that's been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and at the point of time of salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells that person as they walk with him. Guess what happens? There's fruit that's produced. And you can see it. You can see it. You can see. What, and and I, I find it interesting that he doesn't. It's a very different list. It's a very different list. He's saying there's, there's certain things. In fact, uh, it is singular. I, I want to go over that again. That this is true of all believers. And it's not that I'm doing love right now. And a minute I'm going to do joy. And then I'm going to do peace. It's that this is what is produced in the life of the believer. It is the fruit that is produced. These nine elements. These nine areas. These nine things are shown in the life of the believer. There's fruit. There's fruit. And in a similar way where you can see when you're living fleshly, you can also see when you're living, being led by the Spirit of God. I want you to get these words. You walk in, there's fruit too, and then as we're moving on once again, it says this. I think I skipped over one. Yes, I did. Verse 18. Skip up to verse 18. Sorry, I'm a little disorganized. If you saw me the rest of the week, you'd say I'm very organized. But, you know, verse 18. But if you're led by the Spirit, okay, get that word. We talked about this before. Um, I, I think of, uh, I think about the, the idea of leading, leading is very important most of you uh would say that you know or try to be you say i I lead my own life i lead my own life i'm I'm an adult now i'm an adult now i I make my own decisions i have goals i have goals i decide them myself i i have goals i have aspirations i i I make my own directions i'm deciding where i'm going to go and what i'm going to do what steps i'm going to take to get there, um, my my grandson uh, Emmett, who you see here in the front row, and uh, he's growing up in the front row, which is amazing. Um, but uh, he he does this thing now; he can walk, and is uh, he's getting to learn how to speak. But uh, the thing that he does. Uh, when he doesn't have words, and he, he, he just comes up to you and he grabs you by the hand and he leads you to where he wants you to go. And he kind of points and shows and this and that. He's leading. He's leading. Who's in charge? My grandson's in charge, right, at that moment. If I take a step, he's in charge, okay? And it's sweet. It's sweet. Um, and it may go on for a long time. Hopefully it stops at some point that he's not in charge of me, okay? Uh, maybe even when I'm older, it will revert back to him being in charge. Um, I, I think about this whole principle of leading. Uh, it happens all the time. Um, you, you think about maybe after church here today, some of you will say, Hey, hey, want to go out for lunch? Yeah, let's go out for lunch. And you say, I'll drive. 
I'll drive. I'll drive. And what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Well, I'll serve you in that way, right? But you're also saying, some of you, I don't trust your driving, right? I'll drive. I'll be in charge. And as I think about the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, us choosing the flesh over the Spirit of God which dwells in us, how many times do we say, I'll drive. I'll drive. God, I know what you want. I, I, I know what it looks like. Maybe I don't know exactly what to do, but, but I know generally what to do. I know generally what you want. I know you will guide me in the steps ahead, but I'll drive. I'll drive. I want to tell you that's fleshly. It's fleshly. We walk by the Spirit, there's fruit of the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit. Not deciding our own directions, goals, and steps, not telling him, I will drive, but following him. Um, in Skipping down to verse 25, verse 25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, and, and I believe that as he's talking about this, he's talking about salvation and the life that we now have, the freedom that Christ gave us, if we live by the Spirit, and we do, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I, I remember there was a man in uh, a family in our church up in Petaluma that um, his son, uh, their son, went to a boot camp. He's a Marine, and uh, he is a Marine because you're you're always a Marine. Um, but uh, he down in San Diego, and I took my boys and we went down there for his graduation. And there's a lot of marching going on. How many of you have seen that kind of marching? You know, it's a lot of marching. And I guess that's all you do in boot camp anyways. You just learn how to walk in a straight line, you know. Most of them haven't gone to kindergarten. And so uh, they had to learn to walk in a straight line. And it's fascinating because as they're walking in, in a line and uh, together, they're yelling out things and doing things and turning. And, and it's just fascinating because they're all in line. They're all in step. They're all going together. But it's interesting, too, that there's always someone who gets out of step, right, that's on the wrong step or goes right when he should go left. And it kind of stands out, doesn't it? It's obvious. It's obvious. The point is not so much for just the appearance sake, but it's the idea of staying on the path. It's staying in the place where you should be. It's not being in a place that's dangerous. It's not going your own direction. And, and it gives this perpetual kind of um, continuing on. So uh, if you can think about your life, when did the Spirit dwell in you? At the point of salvation. So how do you live the rest of your life? Continuing in that, right? The, the Spirit that has you and has taken up residence in you, given you life, the Spirit that now dwells in you and is in residence in you, what are you to do to keep in step with the Spirit? As you follow that you're not doing your own thing. As you follow that you're not drifting off or lagging behind. You're keeping in step with the Spirit. A continual stepping, not stepping off on your own. 
It's interesting as we think about um, these two options, life following the Holy Spirit, life following our flesh. It, it seems ridiculous that we would not, um, that we would try to ignore the Holy Spirit in us. That it seems ridiculous that we would reject the Holy Spirit in us, right? It's interesting. I've heard kids say this. I've probably said it myself, and there just aren't people around here that could quote me. Um, I, I've heard kids say this. I, I did this thing, and I didn't use my brain once. I, I didn't even think about it at all. I, I, I wasn't thinking at all. And, and there's this sense of pride that, there was nothing to thinking, right? And this isn't just about being wise and thinking. This is about trusting the Holy Spirit in us, choosing to do not what the flesh wants, but knowing this is what God wants. This is what he desires for me. This is what he wants to produce in me. So I will follow him in this. I will continue to follow the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. So I want to go through kind of a a process as we think about this for the week to come. Actually, let's think about it in the week prior. How was your week? How was your week? How was your week? And when I say how was your week, I'm not asking did you make any money. I'm not asking if you feel healthy. I'm, I'm not asking even if you saw people or if it was a busy week or a, a slow week. How was your week? How was your week? And the things that you did and, and, and the interactions that you had and the things that you accomplished, how did they go? How did they go? As you think about these things, You could ask it this way, how was your week in the flesh? How was your week in the flesh? Or were you walking in the spirit? Because those are the two options. And and you might knee-jerk reaction, say, Pastor, how, how would I know if I was walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh? And I would say this, it's obvious. It's obvious. And you say, ah, how is it obvious? What's the answer? What was produced, right? What came out of the acts, conversations, and the things that you did? What what did it produce? It's interesting. I would say this, too. This is frightening for those of you who are married and have kids. Grandkids, too. Uh, Others know. Others know. What do they know? They know if you're walking in the flesh or if you're walking in the spirit. They know, especially your spouse, right? Steer clear of dad. Steer clear of dad. He's in one of those moods, right? He's famous for them. It's kind of a dad type of thing. It's not a dad type of thing. It's a fleshly sort of thing. Right? It, it, oh, he's stressed. He's stressed. And when, when you're stressed, he, he's just really grumpy. He's fleshly. That's what that is. Oh, you know, he, he, he's sick or he hasn't eaten in a while, right? It's like the feeding of the dogs or something like that, right? 
Once we feed him, he'll be fine, right? You know. I want to say that's fleshly. It's not that the things in the spirit, they're, they're produced when things are right, external things are right. They're produced in the midst of everything in life, right? As well as the fleshly things come in good days and bad days as well. Others will know. Uh, as you think about that negative sort of fleshly sort of way, were those things characteristic of you? Did you display jealousy? Did you display uh, this kind of canceling, dividing, separating that is not from God when he has called you to unify and come together? Did you display anger when people didn't do what you wanted or when you didn't get what you wanted? I always hate the way that sounds, right? Because when we describe, uh, most of the time he says, you know, man, I got frustrated. Well, why did you get frustrated? Well, so-and-so didn't do what I wanted him to do. So he got frustrated. Why'd you get frustrated? Well, I, I wanted this. And, and what does that sound like, by the way? Three, four, five-year-old, right? You know, my, my favorite move, I, I can say it's a favorite move because I'm a grandfather now and not, not a parent, but the throwing themselves on the ground, screaming, kicking, and crying, right? Right? I was at Costco this week, and uh, I, I, Costco's big, right? This kid screaming, and he's like way over there. I go, man, he's having a bad day at Costco. I was thinking if he just had some tasters, he would have been okay. But uh, I heard him screaming, and we moved, and we did some other thing. And then I look, you know, I hear someone screaming, and I look over, and it's on the other side again. Yeah, there he is again. Yeah, there he is. And then I'm in the, I, I'm paying for my junk, and, you know, I, I hear him over there. And then we go out in the parking lot, and we're packing up our stuff, and he's knocking out the whole parking lot, Right. You get it? Do you get it? It comes. And I want to tell you, if you, if you think you're justified, fits of anger, these things, I want to tell you that's fleshly. That's fleshly. You have the Spirit of God indwelling you. You can live differently, but you can't live differently doing what's inside of you, the flesh. To live differently, you have to Say, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to walk in the Spirit of God. I'm going to be led by Him. What do, you, what do you want me to do right now? How do you want me to respond to this? And as I do that, that, that idea of keeping in step, to not just do it once, but keeping in step, keep walking in the Spirit. You have this negative thing that would show you how your week is. And I, I think it's helpful to debrief, Right? After a day, after an hour, after an interaction, how did I do? I didn't do very well. Why? Because I walk by the flesh, not by the spirit. This week, uh, as you think about your, your days, was your head filled with impure thoughts? Did you, did you pursue things either on the internet or outside that, that were wrong in the eyes of God? They were feeding your flesh. They were seeking to gratify something in you, though it did not. Impure thoughts, actions, words. 
Or you can say it the positive way. How was your week? Did, did you see your life? Did you see the life, the things that you did, the things that you scheduled, the things that you participated in, your work, your, your work? Did you see in your work the work of God? Is there and was there, and did you see and did others see the presence of the fruit of the Spirit? That they, they saw that God was in you. And you say, well, how would they know? Were you kind? Were you kind? And, and, and I, I keep reiterating and slowing this down, and maybe it's annoying, but I'm sorry. Most of the time when we think of kindness, we think of kindness to strangers. We think of kindness as a, as a first response. But the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. It's not dependent on the weather. It's not, who are the people that's most difficult to be kind to? Your family. Why? Because you're bumping up against each other, right? And, and, and it's, not, it's not hard to be kind when they're kind to you. It's hard to be kind when they're not kind to you. The flesh takes over in that situation if you let it. You let it. It's, it's a knee-jerk reaction. You, you say one thing, I'm going to notch it up a few and return the favor, right? And it's going to escalate. But kindness, kindness in the midst of all conversation, in the midst of all relationship, is a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness were you gentle? Were you gentle? I think especially of you men. Not that women can't be rough too. Sometimes they're very rough. Vicious even, you know. I'll just leave. I'll just stop. I'll stop. Um, no pointing. No pointing. Um, yeah, I've been in trouble before. Um, men, men. So often... We, we care more about getting the job done than we care about walking in the Holy Spirit. We say, well, I had to, I had to be rough. I, I couldn't be gentle. I couldn't be kind. I couldn't display the Holy Spirit in me because I had to get it done. I, I don't think that's the life of the believer. I, I don't think it is. Show, show me how that fits, man. Self-control. Did your life display self-control this week? Or were you out of control? Out of control. I, I want to encourage us to, to live a different way. And to live a different way is to think through, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do here? Holy Spirit in me, what, what, is, what does the Holy Spirit want me to do right now? How does he want me to think? How does he want me to act? What in your word, the Holy Spirit-inspired word, what do I need to think through as I go about my day, trusting in the power that the Holy Spirit gives me that I might do? I just say this. Uh, all of our lives, all of our lives, everything that we do, our marriage, our parenting, our relationships, our work, our thoughts when we're alone, 
our thoughts when we're out in a group. All of our lives should flow out of the Spirit's work in us. There will be fruit. We will not have to wonder. This is not an act, a singular act, but this is a life every step, every day. God, thank you for this time. I ask that you would help us to be reminded of your word. I pray that you would um, make it clear to us that we would see with your eyes our own lives, both the fleshly and that what you're doing in us, that you want us to do, that you're prompting us to do, that you're empowering us to do, that we are called to do. May we be in step with your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.